Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Spotlight Interviews. I'm Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with insight from a different perspective of the Business Fights Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Daniela Foster. She is the Senior Director of Global Corporate Responsibility at Hilton. Her previous CV includes the Head of Global Corporate Affairs and Science Communications for Mars, Symbioscience, their in-house innovation incubator. She's also been Director of Public-Private Partnerships at the US Department of State. She was Chief of Staff to the Secretary of State Senior Advisor, working on policy initiatives and partnerships designed to strengthen emerging democracies and civil society worldwide. Daniela featured in Washington Life magazine recently as one of Washington's most influential leaders. She's passionate about social entrepreneurship and is the co-founder of the Emergent Leaders Network, a non-profit that provides micro scholarships and mentoring to community college students. Daniela, welcome. That's a serious CV. Um, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. So I first, I wanted to kick our conversation off uh, a little bit more about, quite frankly, who is Hilton nowadays and, and what's, what's your reach, what's your network and, and your own role? Yeah. So I think what most people don't realize is just the, the truly global nature and expanse of Hilton. So we're now in over 106 countries and territories. We have over 5,300 properties around the world. And one of the things I've always found interesting about Hilton is that, you know, while we're this, um, you know, global brand at the heart, we're really local. When a Hilton property goes into a community, it is, um, you know, a, a local anchor and a hub for things like economic growth, um, for things like environmental sustainability, which we're increasingly doing more of. And I'll, I'll talk to you about our 2030 goals later. Um, and my role here at Hilton is as our Senior Director of Global Corporate Responsibility. So that really means looking after our global strategy. So what are we doing from a social and environmental impact perspective around the world and all of our properties? It means looking at our social and environmental investments, as well as our signature partnerships, our um, ESG reporting, so you know what we're doing for the Dow Jones Sustainability Index, our our annual reporting as it relates to the social, economic, and governance side of things, um, and a number of other things as they come up. There, there's there's quite a bit that's involved, um, but all things that I am extremely passionate about, and it's been really interesting to see. I would say even just like the progress and evolution of Hilton, even over the last year and a half since I've um, been with the business. And you mentioned just now a, a, your 2030 plan that you've just released. So um, I hear that the name is Travel With Purpose and uh, you've released a whole load of goals underneath. Could you share with um, us a bit about why these are important to you and, and your business? Absolutely. So we're we're on a mission to redefine sustainable travel and tourism. And so Travel With Purpose is our global corporate responsibility strategy. 
So it's how we have an impact in the communities where we live and work. And it's a great opportunity to leverage our global brand, um, to scale and catalyze local economic growth, to promote human rights, to invest in people and local communities, to preserve our planet, um, you know, uh, and preserve natural resources. And so as part of all of this, um, you know, mission to redefine sustainable travel, we launched our global 2030 goals. And our two headline goals are to cut our environmental footprint in half by 2030 and to double our social impact investment. And I'm incredibly excited about those. There are about 23 targets that sit underneath it that really underpin the strategy and get really specific into the how we're going to do it. Um, but I think that this is a, this is a critical time. If you look at travel and tourism, it's growing rapidly. It's the world's largest employer. So one in every 10 jobs, um, globally, and it's expected to add 80 million new jobs to the global economy in less than a decade. So with all of that happening, um, you know, travel and tourism has tremendous potential to uh, not only be sustainable, but to be inclusive. So we're really focused on how do we ensure that as travel and tourism grows, it's growing sustainably and in a way that's inclusive so that we we're actually benefiting the local communities, which is why, for example, um, you know, one of our goals is to double our um, local sourcing spend, so essentially buying locally. And that's one that I'm really excited about because I think there is um, tremendous potential globally and we're really well knit into our communities. So it's, you know, just one of the many goals, but one I'm really excited about. I'm also excited about what we're doing on the environmental side. So we are the first um, company in our industry to have set science-based targets that are approved by the science-based target initiative. So that, um, you know, was, was a process, um, but it was ultimately good. You know, we made it out the end of that process. Um, and now, you know, we're really looking at things through that lens of our scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions. So very much with a science-based approach. And then there's a number of other things that we're doing, right? We're committing to sending zero soap to landfill. Um, you know, we're, we're committing to, uh, reduce our energy, water, um, and waste by 50% by 2030. So there's a lot that we'll be doing. Um, some things, you know, probably more rapidly than others, but all with that end goal of how, how do we ensure that we're doing our part to help reach those UN sustainable development goals? That's amazing. Loads to be done then. I think you're going to be quite busy there, Daniela. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Um, I was really interested to see that when you launched, you'd conducted a pretty massive survey of guests. I, I saw that sort of 72,000 guests have been um, interviewed or polled before the launch of your um, report uh, or your new goals. And particularly interested to see that 33% were actively, so these are your guests, were actively seeking out um, environmental and social information before they were booking. Um, so, I mean, that's just really positive numbers I mean for you why how could this research what you know why is that so important for you has it actually created any internal or external change to the strategy or action off the back of that data so I think I'll start with the beginning because this was the most recent survey but we did one before that 
um, at the end of the last year, what, which I think is pretty relevant to our conversations today. So we, before our board meeting at the end of last year, had done a survey of our guests. We actually surveyed 72,000 of our guests. This was the first one we did. And we wanted to understand, you know, do guests care about a hotel's environmental and social responsibility? Is it important? Is it something that's on their radar? Um, so we had asked about that. It was, you know, really one of the first times that we had incorporated into our survey. And it was interesting because across brands and tiers, um, 86% of our guests said that, yes, a hotel's environmental and social responsibility is important. And then 67% of them said it's going to be even more important and will have a greater influence across brands and tiers on their booking decisions in the next 12 months. So we thought, oh, that's interesting, right? I'm always trying to look at, are these things actually drivers of value for a business? And, you know, how do you ensure you're integrating into the business strategy? So um, we said, okay, that's great. But then as I started to think about it, I'm like, we really need to understand, you know, what, what are people willing to do, right? So it's one thing to say, yes, I am, I'm interested, you know, in a hotel's social and environmental efforts. Um, it's another thing to actually proactively take actions against that and or to put your purchase power behind it. So this last survey that we did just before we launched our 2030 goals really dug a little bit deeper into the, okay, what are you actually doing? What are the actions that you're taking around this if it is important to you? And so a couple of the things that I find to be interesting is, um, you know, the, the last survey that we did in May was with 72,000 guests, and we asked, you know, do you research a hotel brand's environmental and social efforts before you before you book? And I was pleasantly shocked to see that a third said yes, they do. And it was really interesting too, because of course, you know, that was primarily, um, you know, very heavily weighted uh, for millennials. But one of the follow-up questions to that was. Okay, do you do you do it even if it's like hard to find and not easy to find? And over forty percent said, yeah, we, we still do it even if it's not easy to find. So that those pieces I think were interesting. And then we asked our guests, okay, um, what do you do on a weekly basis? So on a weekly basis, do you buy local, organic, or fair trade products at least once a week? And over fifty-six percent of them said, yes, I do. I do. I buy one of those types of products at least once a week. Um, you know, a heavy, uh, it was heavily weighted towards local products. But again, I do think that these things are helpful. I find them interesting because um, you need some of the data to really understand what's going on. And I think a lot of the the things that we're trying to tackle, whether it's things like the UN Sustainable Development Goals or just better understanding how we provide exceptional experiences to guests really require getting a handle on well, where are people at, um, how do we meet them, where they're at, and, and you know, what are some of the, what's some of the potential for actual consumer behavior change, which I find exciting. So one of the other things that we had asked in the survey was, um, would you switch brands if a company is in the news for unethical business practices, right? And then we, we said specifically, would you switch brands um, if your you know, favorite brand is in the news for unethical practices, even if it's more expensive for you to switch brands? 
And 62% of our guests said, yes, they would. And they would switch brands, even if it's more expensive. So I think, you know, part of what this tells us um, is that there is a bit of a growing movement around consumer awareness for not only social and environmental efforts, but also um, really a higher expectation of what businesses are are going to do and what we're expected to do. And I find that all to be incredibly important because it also becomes um, important for the business case. I'm a firm believer that whatever is done in corporate responsibility or whatever you want to call that function within your company, that it shouldn't be a siloed um, section off on its own. It should be integrated into the entire business. And as part of that, it should make those business cases um, similar to, you know, other brands, products, and functions. And there should be a hard business case. At the end of the day, I think we all win when there's an understanding that this can actually be a value add for business and ultimately a business driver. So that's that's where I hope responsibility goes. And, and that's where um, having data and really being able to understand how your guests are interacting um, with products and what their purchasing decisions and behaviors are is important. And it's an important piece of that. So um, I was pretty pleased to see these, these figures. Yeah, they're very impressive. And, and interestingly, you've talked mentioned twice the sustainable development goals. Do are there, how important are they to you personally, and also to the sort of Hilton brand? And, and why why is that? Yeah, so I mean, they're they're you know personally pretty important to me. I when I was at the State Department um, years ago was part of the process of the group of folks that were working with the private sector to help ensure that there was a, a business voice in the sustainable development goals and that there was you know, room for these to be truly global goals that would be the world's goals, right? So all of our goals and, and not just the goals for the UN. Um, so I've been pleased with the way that the sustainable development goals have shaped up. I think they provide a tremendous framework for um, businesses to not only align what they're doing, but to look at how they can, you know, go a little bit further and set ambitious goals. For Hilton, I think they've been really powerful. I mean, we've been members of the UN Global Compact since 2012. So this has always been um, something that's been on Hilton's radar. And then I would say, you know, really as, as we were looking out to the future, you know, what does the future world look like? Um, and, and what is next for our industry? it became really clear that we needed to redefine sustainable travel and tourism. Um, and so much of what happens in travel and tourism is aligned with the, the SDGs. Also for us, we turn 100 years old next year. So Hilton will be 100 years young in 2019. Um, and as part of that, you know, we're not only thinking about the future and thinking about, you know, innovation and, um, you know, how you can continue to innovate in hospitality, but we're also thinking about ensuring that um, the beautiful environment and culture and, um, you know, historical preservation and all of these pieces that make up reasons why people want to travel to a location, we want to ensure that those are preserved. So whether it's the social, the cultural, or the environmental, these need to be sources of 
discovery for future travelers to come. So we see that as being an important part of our 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 role as a you know company that's been around for nearly a hundred years. And then also with the SDGs, I think if you look at all 17 of the goals, we've we've done our SDG mapping. So we map to all 17. We are we are actively working on um, programs, projects, policies, et cetera, in every single issue area. And then we've also looked at, you know, what are the places where we can, you know, dive deeply into certain SDGs and have a bit more of a transformational change. And then we're also looking at, okay, well, what are, what are those ambitious kind of gritty things that we want to get done by 2030? Um, and that's where our new goals come into play. And I'm, I'm excited about them because it's the first time that Hilton has put out a strategy across multiple issue areas, um, fully aligned, you know, with the SDGs and, you know, setting out for what is a pretty big vision for our industry, right? Cutting our environmental footprint in half and doubling our social impact investment. And as part of that, so many of these things are, are going to be done either um, in partnership with NGOs or governments or suppliers, in some cases, even with the UN, we do collaborate with them. Um, and then from my perspective, I, you know, candidly, I sit on the board of the UN Global Compact Network USA. Um, so I'm pretty deeply involved in all things SDGs and, you know, how to tra translate that for businesses. And, you know, just having worked in Mars before Hilton and, um, the State Department before that, I've just been thrilled at how Hilton has embraced the SDGs and in particular how that's reflected in our 23 goals. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really helpful insight, especially when you, again, you're talking about that kind of business case and coming back to the, the fact that you guys are so, you know, your business is reliant on a, on a prosperous future and a happy, healthy society and um, environment. Mm -hmm. um, Daniela, it's been quoted that you are, and I will quote, a respected authority on strategic partnerships, having worked in six continents, tripling growth in agreements with Fortune 50, sorry, Fortune 500 companies and NGOs, and you were named a top foreign policy leader. Um, many people find moving between public, private and NGO sectors really very difficult, and particularly the kind of trust and collaboration uh, required. How do you do it? You know, it's interesting because I feel like I get asked this question a lot. Um, and honestly, I my response is usually it was it was kind of a natural transition. I think, you know, one of the benefits of um, being in a place like like Washington D.C. and also um, being interested in multiple areas is that you start to look. A, you start to work with people, right? I've always been a big proponent of partnerships and collaborating and, you know, figuring out how you bring the best of different industries, different sectors um, to tackle challenges. And I think so much of looking across industries has started with how do we solve a problem and then who needs to be in the room to do it? So it's kind of been a natural part of what I've, what I've done. I started out very much in the NGO sector, um, wanting to change the world, of course, like we all do. And part of what I realized while I was working on that is that um, public service was 
one of the answers in terms of being able to affect policy change and in terms of what would be a natural next step. So when I was in the NGO sector, I worked a lot with government, transitioned into government, um, got more than I could have ever bargained for in a positive way because there were some amazing things that I had the opportunity to do, whether it was working on the Presidential Entrepreneurship Summit or developing and setting up our first office of public-private partnerships with the State Department. There was a lot of, um, you know, just tremendous work that I got to do, but it was all centered around problems. Like, how do you tackle and deal with problems and who needs to be in the room to deal with that? And that ended up being a pretty natural continuation to working with the private sector. So at one point when I was at the State Department, I spent probably 70% of my time working directly with businesses, trying to figure out how we tackle SDG type um, challenges, whether, you know, we're looking at economic opportunity or, you know, civil society and emerging democracies or, um, you know, climate and social impact. So, so much of um, what I worked on was a progression. And then the last thing I would say is that I think we all kind of look at ourselves and say, you know, what's our core strength and skill? And I'll sometimes say, like I'm a, I'm a generalist, there are many things that I like to do and, and can work on fluidly back and forth. But at the end of the day, I'm a systems integrator. So you know, being able to step back and say, how do these different um, and seemingly unrelated either sectors or issues all come together? And what does that ecosystem look like? How do you bring it together? Who needs to be in the room? And ultimately, how do you gather these people to solve a problem? And so when you start to think about things like that, it, it's all kind of a natural connection. It all sort of fits. Um, so from that perspective, it's been a bit of a natural transition. I mean, big organizations are big organizations. Um, they have their opportunities and their challenges. And after a while, even though it may be on different issue areas, you start to realize that the process isn't that different. And people are different, but not entirely different. We are all still people. Um, yeah. And which leads me to my next question, which is, we here at Business Facts Poverty, we are a network of people from business, NGO, social enterprise, academia, policymakers. And the whole reason for being is that we want to find ways to collaborate better and to address those big social problems and, and stay solution focused. So we're a network of around 20,000 people and organizations. What would be your call to action for us? That's a good question. So my call to action would be, um, A, figure out how to work across sectors. And in particular, you know, if I was to apply that call to action to Hilton, we have our 2030 goals. We've laid out an, an ambitious agenda and we can't do this alone. This is only something that we're going to be able to do in partnership um, with, you know, NGOs, with academia, with other companies, with government. So I want to see a world in which, you know, 2018 and beyond is really about collective impact. So how are organizations coming together to drive collective impact against the SDGs? So that would be my call to action. Oh, we'll get we'll get collectively working on it right away. Um, Daniel, <laughs> continuing on the theme around you, I, I focus deeply on you because I think, again, because of this network piece, we really want to learn from each other. You know, peer learning, it's all kind of new 
etc so I'm going to ask you five questions quick fire round questions for you um a little bit personal so first of all who inspires you yeah so it's funny this is always such a tough question I feel like it it depends on the day the week the month but right now I'm incredibly inspired by our CEO Chris Massetta he has embraced these 2030 goals um it's you know ambitious for Hilton and incredibly ambitious for our industry. And he's been a tremendous supporter. So I've been um, very inspired by his commitment and action to it, as well as the commitment and action of our the rest of our executive leadership team. Cool. So important. And what are you most about excited about in 2018 or the remainder of 2018 now? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I'm most excited about getting our 2030 goals out. But what excites me about that is that it's, it's out there in the public domain. We've put a stake in the ground, but also getting back to what I talked about earlier, the potential for collective impact. Now it's out there. Um, now, you know, figuring out how we all work together in place-based strategic ways, I think is going to be the exciting second half of 20, 2018. And then um, gearing up for the UN General Assembly activities in September. Looking forward to it. Um, how do you personally stay motivated, Daniela? Gosh, it depends on the day. Um, I think, you know, I've been very motivated by the launch of these goals. I've been very motivated by, you know, connecting with networks like yours, right? People who've been working on these issues for a long time. And, you know, the, the potential of a, a company to come out and take a stand um, and get behind the SDGs and set ambitious goals. I think all of that has been um, mo- incredibly motivating. And now thinking about how we all work together has also been been very motivating. I mean, we have we have a a, a big roadmap between now and 2030, and I think that's going to keep me motivated for some time. <laughs> Jobs life. Um, what does personal success look like for you? Personal success looks like being able to um, contribute and add value at your highest capacity. So looking at the point where, you know, where can I add the most value? How do I ensure I'm adding that value? And then continuing to, you know, adapt to ensure that I'm adding value even as the issues, the challenges, the opportunities change. Cool. And my final question, well, I'll let you go for the rest of the day. And um, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out on their career? I think that um, showing up is incredibly important. I always talk about how you have to be in the arena. And I bring that up because it's one of the things that you'd be surprised, like how many people just don't show up or just are not in the arena or are not engaging. So I would say show up, be present. Um, find the people who've taken the path that you want to take and take the time to get to know them and then volunteer. Um, I think so much can be learned by volunteering with nonprofits or other organizations that you're passionate about and just get in there and do it and learn. Daniela Foster, thank you very much. Thank you. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 